In this episode of Cause for Action, we're going to take a deep dive into Australia's ongoing efforts to address the challenges of third-party litigation funding and class action reform. Cause for Action is brought to you by the U.S. Chamber Institute for Legal Reform, the leading advocate for civil justice reform in the U.S. and around the globe. Learn more at instituteforlegalreform.com. Born in Australia, litigation funding, or more precisely, third-party litigation funding, or TPLF, has spread all over the world. It's grown into a multi-billion dollar global industry with major ramifications for civil justice everywhere, including here in the United States. Honestly, it could be called litigation gambling because it is a form of high-risk investment in lawsuits rather than your usual financial products like bank loans or insurance. This industry is not well known and that's not an accident. It operates in the shadows and has little transparency. And to date, it has avoided government oversight and regulations in most jurisdictions. But that might soon change, at least in Australia. I am Saval de Kazat, Senior Vice President for International Initiatives at the U.S. Chamber Institute for Legal Reform. On this episode of Cause for Action, we'll discuss the litigation funding industry and, and dive into some new developments from the land down under. Stuart Clark is a highly accomplished Australian lawyer and a volunteer firefighter in his spare time. He'll be joining me from Sydney, where he advises several Australian and multinational corporations and also ILR on class action and litigation funding issues. He's also an adjunct professor at Macquarie University Law School in Sydney. Good morning, Stuart. Welcome to our Cause for Action podcast. Good morning, Javal. It's a pleasure to join you. Before we go into more details on this industry in Australia, we should perhaps explain what litigation funding is uh, and what it is not. Also, you may want to tell us who those funders are and what kind of companies are they? Sure. Uh, litigation funding is, uh, is a mechanism for promoting and funding litigation, particularly class actions. The way it works in Australia is that a, uh, a commercial operation, a funder, uh, comes along and agrees to provide the funds to pay the lawyers to run a lawsuit, a class action, and in exchange, they get a percentage of any settlement or verdict, uh, what you in the US would call a contingency fee, except these, are caught, these guys aren't lawyers. Uh, you talk about gambling at the beginning. Well, it's, it's hardly a gamble in Australia because the overwhelming majority of the cases they fund are cases they know are going to win. They have about a 95 to 98% success rate. And it's very, very profitable. For that reason, uh, the sorts of people that are inv involved in funding are hedge funds, uh, high net worth individuals, um, foreign investors uh, have flocked into Australia to, to take advantage of uh, very lax rules in relation to this, uh, this method of funding litigation. Interesting. Now, let's talk a little bit uh, on how and why litigation funding uh, came about in Australia. After all, Australia invented this practice. Yes, indeed. Uh, 
Well, it started back at around about 1995, originally for funding insolvency actions. So uh, liquidators um, found people that would fund recovery suits. Uh, then some accountants realised that they could move into general litigation. Now, in Australia, there's always been, always been a, a ban on lawyers taking a contingency fee. So that option for funding litigation wasn't available in Australia. Uh, third parties, uh, accountants, hedge funds, uh, other investors realised that if they weren't lawyers, they could take advantage of this, uh, this void in the market. And so they stepped in. Ultimately, the highest appellate court in Australia, the High Court of Australia, was asked to consider the matter. And in 2006, it ruled that there was no prohibition in terms of public policy on non-lawyers engaging in this sort of activity. Um, litigation funding is reportedly uh, quite a profitable business. Um, is it profitable in Australia? It is unbelievably profitable. Uh, it is indeed the most uh, profitable asset class available probably anywhere in the world. Uh, we are seeing in Australia returns on investment of 400% per annum. Let me say that again. Return on investment of 400% per annum. Uh, the returns that litigation funders are generating in Australia are greater than anywhere else in the world, including the US. And it's running at uh, the average return rate is running at something like 10 times the global average for hedge funds. It is unbelievably profitable. And for that reason, there is huge amounts of money flowing into Australia, into litigation funding. And that is driving uh, a real uh, explosion in class action litigation in this country. Incredible. In view of uh, how much money is involved um, uh, and how much money can be made, uh, is there already any evidence of abuse? Oh, absolutely. Uh, abuse at two levels. Firstly, the, the sorts of returns that are being taken out of the pockets of um, plaintiffs, out of the pockets of class members, ultimately out of the pocket of victims in terms of, of class actions, is unconscionable. There's just no doubt about it. The courts are now saying that, the public is saying that, uh, and, and will come to it, inquiries are saying that. But on top of that, the uh, unfortunately, there has been some real fraud. We've seen class action plaintiffs' lawyers uh, and funders conspire to mis mislead and deceive not just the class members, but also the courts. And in fact, there's a particularly, uh, a particularly serious case called Banksia going through the courts at the moment, which has resulted in some of the most prominent lawyers who are involved on the plaintiff side being uh, struck off. Uh, and I, I think there's a very good prospect of prosecutions flowing from that. That's quite worrisome. Um, has the Australian government done anything to address these concerns? Uh, absolutely. There have been a series of inquiries and investigations over the last three or four or five years. Um, there have been at least three government inquiries into litigation funding and the related class action industry, uh, and something else run by what we call the Productivity Commission. Uh, significantly, all have recommended that this industry be regulated. All have recommended that the outrageous conflicts of interest which exist in the industry be dealt with. All have recommended that the courts be given more powers to control uh, the industry. Now, unfortunately, to this point in time, uh, government has failed to take action, in part because of the influence that the plaintiff's bar has uh, on the political process in Australia. The amount of money they've been investing in politics has been enormous. 
Fortunately, the current federal government has really decided to take a stand. It called a, a very significant inquiry last year, which for the first time, everybody who gave evidence was given, was, was cross-examined. People were actually tested. Uh, the claims that were being made by both sides of the argument were put to the test and it was an inquiry that was run by outsiders. That is, it wasn't run by lawyers and judges. It was run by people who have to actually uh, work in the real world. And not surprisingly, the, the inquiry came out with some pretty damning findings in terms of the, um, the profits that are being made, the lack of regulation and the lack of control. Government has accepted that and is now moving to develop legislation. But perhaps more importantly, it's not just talking, it's acting. And uh, as part of the response to the COVID crisis last year, the federal government stepped in and placed some interim regulations on litigation funders, pay, uh, imposed some basic financial services regulation, just as every other part of the financial services market in Australia is controlled. And that's had a real effect. That's very interesting and encouraging, actually. Um, uh, could you tell us a little bit more what the inquiry found? Yeah, the inquiry made a series of findings. Uh, firstly, it confirmed the um, concerns that have been raised in the media by, by politicians and by the public in terms of the returns that were being made by litigation funders. For the first time, litigation funders were actually forced to appear before an inquiry, expose themselves to cross-examination and produce some hard facts. And those hard facts were damning. The profits they were earning, sometimes, as I said, 400% per annum return on investment is just so far beyond what any other investor can earn, what mums and dads, as we say in Australia, can earn. It, it, it was just unbelievable. Uh, secondly, it confirmed the uh, existence of horrendous conflicts of interest, uh, conflicts of interest between the funders and the class members, the people that they're meant to be funding, conflicts of interest between the class action plaintiff's lawyers and their clients, the people they're meant to be representing. Uh, thirdly, it found that the lack of regulation was a serious problem. As I said, this is the only part of the Australian financial services industry that is unregulated, and for all in intents and purposes, it is totally unregulated. Uh, the inquiry found that even that, that small amount of regulation that did exist wasn't being enforced because the regulators charged with that task, who were dragged before the inquiry, were forced to concede that they had never, ever acted against the litigation funder. Uh, all of this confirmed, as I said, what had been um, emerging in the press, it had been emerging in Parliament, and those findings have driven this demand and indeed a desire on the part of government for reform. That's, um, that's good. Um, but do you think that the government will um, act on it uh, this year and um, propose some form of legislation? Absolutely. Uh, the government uh, has already committed to implementing the terms of or the recommendations of the inquiry. Uh, it has, uh, in one sense, taken some steps already. Uh, it has uh, extended the interim arrangements which it put in place uh, in, in response to COVID. So we have interim regulation in place whilst um, more detailed uh, material is being developed. So the process from here is for the government to develop the legislation and then take it before the parliament. Now, I, I, there will be a debate and there will be a, uh, there'll be a fight in the parliament. Um, there's no doubt about that. The plaintiff's uh, lawyers, the litigation funding industry, or at least parts of it, 
um, as some, some litigation funders agree that regulation is required, but, but other parts don't, they're going to put up a big fight. They have established um, uh, lobbyist organisations, both in Australia and internationally. They're putting a lot of money into this fight. Um, so we don't underestimate the challenge, but we're confident that with the groundswell of public opinion, with the clear uh, calls in the media from, from independent commentators, and from the response we've seen from the politicians already, including what we call the crossbench, uh, upon whom the government depends to get legislation through, we are confident that we will get, we'll get regulation through the parliament. Well, thank you, Stuart. This has been really fascinating. And um, since this industry is growing uh, here in the US and, and around the world, and including in Europe, uh, there's a lot uh, we can learn from Australia uh, uh, and I think we should touch base again uh, when the Australian government proposes legislation so that we can um, discuss about it again. And um, so thank you so much. And uh, thank you all for listening to our Cause of Action podcast. Um, thank you. Thank you.